You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, episode 19 with Keon Jackson. And I think that um, the stories I'm capturing are really going to encourage and inspire a lot of people. So when it's hard, which is often, uh, and when I'm tired, which is often, I, I just remember that I'm like, <laughs> hey, this could really, really touch some folks. So it's about experimenting. It's about having fun. It's about figuring out different ways to use what God has given me. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the Trailblazers podcast. Today's episode is a welcome departure from many of the recent interviews we've done where, you know, we've been talking with CEOs and and startups and business heads. My guest today is Keon Jackson. Keon is an author and senior writer for Hallmark Cards. And beyond Hallmark, he's a playwright, having written and produced his very first play called Gumbo House in March of this year. And Keon is a very creative, very down-to-earth, very humble guy. And what I enjoyed about this interview was that in many ways, he's someone in a corporate structure who's largely introverted. He's not your social media butterfly. You know, this is someone who's just happy being anonymous for, for the most part. Yet he's so amazingly creative and talented and funny. And I know, you know, someone listening might just be like Keon. So I wanted to create this episode to hopefully connect with some of you you know, who can more easily identify with Keon's story. So in today's episode, Keon and I discussed, you know, what he does in his day-to-day as a senior writer at Hallmark, what inspired him to write his first play, Gumbo House. We talked about tips on how you might be able to avoid writer's block and produce something that's original, creative, and worth reading Keon spoke about how faith influenced his career and how he got involved writing about faith and authoring a book for Hallmark Cards. We talked about much, much more. Um, so don't miss a minute of today's episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers podcast. With me today is Keon Jackson. Keon, welcome to the show and thank you so very much for being our guest on today's episode. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate your patience. I know I, I haven't been uh, the easiest to, to get in contact with, but um, you stuck with me. So thank you for that. Absolutely. I think you're such a creative mind and I just know we're just going to have a bunch of laughs today yeah. and enjoy the call. So at the beginning of each show, we like to help our listeners connect with our guest and just get a sense that, you know, you're a regular guy that they can relate to. So could you tell us something that's 100% Keon? Something that's 100% Keon. Probably my grape diet. I love grapes. Grapes are my <laughs> favorite fruit because they're, they're so convenient and so easy. Like you don't have to like peel anything. Like, you don't. Have to, you don't have to. It's, like, it's very very easy to just like pop a grape in and and keep it moving. Um. So uh, the only time I go to the grocery store is when I need more grapes. Like I don't have ingredients that you like use. I don't have things you, you, that you use to buy other things. I just go and I buy grapes and uh, I eat fast food. But most of my diet is grapes. <laughs> So you can come hang out at the Hart House because my kids love to eat grapes and strawberries like all day, every day. So good. (laughs) So good and so easy. So let's let's back up for a minute. Okay. You grew up in Louisiana. Yes. 
north of New Orleans. Yes. Uh, in a tight-knit community, a town called Port Allen. Port Allen. Port Allen, Louisiana. What was your dream back then as a kid in Port Allen? Did you always want to be a writer? Yeah, I always wanted to be a writer. And um, it was decided pretty early that, uh, that writing is something that I'm good at. So um, I have a twin sister... And I have memories of us uh, being kids, and like it was. It's interesting how early our personalities were developed. Uh, I remember her taking stuff apart, like taking apart like the remote control and like VCRs and stuff, and putting it back together. And she's an engineer now, and I was sitting in the corner of like writing poems. So uh, I remember writing a poem about my mama called Mama. Um, <laughs> so creative, so many layers, so deep. I, I remember uh, turning it in in like second grade or something, and it, it ended up being published in our town newspaper. And uh, from that point on, I was like, I can, I can do this. Like I remember that the poem made my mama feel good. I remember that it was well, well received by the adults, and like I felt good having done it. And from then on, I was just like, this is what I want to do. That's cool. So you left Port Allen and you moved to Atlanta. Yes. To attend Clark Atlanta University. Yes, Clark Atlanta University. In fact, uh, fun fact, uh-huh. uh, today is actually the uh, anniversary of my graduation. So I've been out of school for eight years now. Wow. I was just actually just going to say that. I, I know you, you captured an internship with Hallmark. And so you've been at Hallmark for eight years? Yes. Wow. So I was thinking, you know, it'd be great at the beginning of this call for you to maybe share, you know, what you do in your day to day at Hallmark. And to that end, you know, what have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned as part of their creative writing studio? Oh, sure. Yes. So on Monday, I go into work and um, that's usually when we get our assignments. So my assignment might be, hey, Keon, you're working on um, a project about grandmothers trying to connect with their grandbabies who are far, far away. So I will read the document with the with the with the research in it. But then I do my own research and I basically just write to the insights that I've been given. And you write and then you turn in your writing. And we have these things called CAMs, which are copy approval meetings. So at the copy approval meeting, Everybody gather. Well, not everybody, but some people gather around and they read your writing. And question is, if if, if your writing was supposed to be funny, did people laugh? If it was mm-hmm. supposed to be heartwarming, did people cry? And so, like, whatever the, the desired emotion wow. is that you're supposed to get from the call, did you connect with your audience? Did, did you connect? And and also, <laughs> is it widely tenable enough um, for enough people to have a use for it in their personal lives? So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much my day. And there's different variations of it. Um, I may be on more than one project at a time. Sometimes I might be leading a project, but that's pretty much the way things go uh, in, in the building. I know they must give you like all the jokes to write because you are like the funniest. Well, I mean, I, I, I started off in humor, but um, now I pretty much do everything. So it's kind of like they hire us out within the company. So I've got right. the opportunity to work on um, lots of, uh, of different things. But uh, yeah, I, I do write a fair amount of humor. What do you enjoy most? I really like writing like romantic love copy. Really? It's fun. Well, it, it's fun. Uh, I'm, I'm a very like flowery sort of like optimistic guy. And like in that arena, you can just like go as far as you want. You can just put it all out there. Like I'm not saying that translates to like regular life. Um, I'm not right. like, walking around like uh, saying sonnets. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's not a part of my life, but uh, I do I do enjoy writing romantic love. So earlier this year, right, you achieved a significant milestone. You realized the dream of being a playwright. Yes, and saw your first play, Gumbo House, come to life. Congratulations! Thank you. I appreciate it. on that accomplishment. So, so proud of you. Thanks. 
what inspired you to write this play and how is this different from creating something outside of a corporate framework, right? Where you had probably less guidelines, as you echoed yeah. a moment ago, yeah. but also maybe less support from a corporate structure and, oh, yeah. and having to figure <laughs> a, lot out, a lot more out on your own, right? Absolutely. See, one of the things about like doing something independently is you end up being everybody. So, so like Absolutely. I'm the writer, I'm the producer, I'm the caterer. I'm, just, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm doing a lot of things. Um, luckily, I was blessed to have some help um, at had a great director by the name of um, Teresa Lagarde and a brilliant cast. And I've had uh, people help me out with funds. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a very different thing working on a creative project that I'm passionate about, but without having like a massive company backing it. But um, one of the reasons that uh, I was so inspired to do it was to finish the, the project is that I'm from Louisiana and Gumbo House, the play, it is a it's like a romance slash family dramedy set in Hurricane Katrina. So um, it's a part of American history that we don't talk about a whole lot. But I thought that the play would be a good opportunity to sort of capture that moment in time and also bring some humanity to the people who were affected by the storm who are often thought of as numbers and not complete whole people with like family histories and romances and love and work and dreams and aspirations and all that stuff so one of my favorite things about um, art is that it gives us the opportunity to capture culture in a period of time and uh, for me Gumbo House was really about doing that for not just Louisiana but for America and, and, and African American people so it's wedged deep in my heart. So I'm very happy that it happened. I am too. So what did you learn about yourself during and, and I guess after Gumbo House? What did I learn about myself? This this was my first time acting as a producer. So I'm great at at, uh, at having ideas. It's just a gift that I was given. But this is this was my first time being like a complete business guy. So right. um, I mean, folks got to get paid. Like just because, <laughs> just because <laughs> I'm passionate and it's my dream, I cannot expect other people... <laughs> <laughs> to make those same sacrifices. I mean, I can't pay other people with, with my dreams. So that was interesting, just figuring out how to make sure that everybody's talent was respected and they understood that it was valued. And uh, that's a side of, my, of myself that has not honestly ever been necessary before. Right. So now that I have produced, I know it is like, it's hard. It's not fun mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, it is stressful, but it's very gratifying to have that control. So I was able, thank God, to decide, I believe these people are important. I believe this story is important. Let's figure out how to share it with the community. And now now I know it's possible. So will we see more Gumbo House? Hopefully. I've been doing some, um, I've been submitting uh, the script to some theaters around the country and wow. it may be uh, going up again here in Kansas City sometime soon. So we'll see. That's awesome. We'll pray pray about that one. I, okay. I really hope that it continues to grow an audience to you. Thank you. Nationally and, and hopefully one day internationally, right? I, I hope so. Here's the thing. Like, I'm very close to it, but I think it's good. And like, I know that, of course, I wrote it and I produced it and like my heart is all in it. But I know everything I do is not good. Like, I'm not one of those creative people that's like precious about everything that they write. Right. Um, but I just I was watching it. It's on the stage and like the lights are on and like the, the, the actors are going in. And I'm like, I lean over to the director. And I'm like, this is good, right? <laughs> it, is. it is. So uh, my, my dream is to be able to share it with more people. So we'll see. So I know you're you're also presently working on a documentary project. Yes. That you've been developing for some time now. Yes. I'm a little curious to know. You know, what do you actually do to push yourself into these new creative mediums as a writer and not keep yourself in a comfort zone, right, of like what you know? You've, you've now bridged into a third channel. Well, I mean, 
I there's a couple of things happening. Uh, one, I really want to be a good steward uh, of my talent. So like God has given me the gift of storytelling. So even though these things may not necessarily seem that connected in my mind, they are like it's all story. Mm-hmm. And one of the beautiful things about documentary is that uh, it gives us the opportunity to capture a moment in time, like I was saying earlier with the play. Um, so this particular documentary, it, it takes place in the world of Christian hip hop, which is uh, an area that we don't see a whole lot from. And I think that um, the story I'm capturing are really going to encourage and inspire a lot of people. So when it's hard, which is often, uh, and when I'm tired, which is often, I, I just remember that I'm like, <laughs> hey, this could really, really touch some folks. So it's about experimenting. It's about having fun. It's about figuring out different ways to use what God has given me. I do not, I am not like one of those people who who thinks they can do anything. I don't believe mm-hmm. that at all. Like I, 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 like I picture myself as like, Liam Neeson in uh, Taken. I have a very particular, (laughs) (laughs) I have a very particular set of skills. I need to figure out how to use this this very particular set of skills to to have some fun, but to also like broaden the tools in my toolbox. So that's what this is about. You have me dying over here, man. (laughs) Most of the people listening right now don't write for a living, Mm -hmm. but. Here or there, I guess, you know, some of us, there are a lot of entrepreneurs that listen. So some may run a blog or, you know, maybe have to write something from time to time for work. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering, you know, if if you'd be comfortable sharing some tips that someone listening could take away from the call on maybe how to structure a writing process Uh a little bit better. And avoid the, the, the all too common writer's block Absolutely. to be able to, to produce, you know, something that's original, creative and, and worth reading. Right. I, I, absolutely. I um, I rejected the idea of writer's block when I realized I had bills. I'm just like, I can, this is not going to work. So even if it is real, I cannot acknowledge that it's a real thing because Sally won't have money. So I need to uh, figure out how to produce. But one thing that I think is important, um, especially right now, uh, I do think like one of the blessings of the Internet is that. Like people can be seen a lot easier than maybe like ten years ago, but um, it's important mm-hmm. to learn craft as well. So sure, like you can you can definitely get the eyes, but I believe in the basics, like like learn the writing devices, like round and meter verse, like learn illusion imagery, like all that stuff that you went over in middle school. I think it's still useful. And while like most readers won't uh, pinpoint the mechanics of writing that makes it special to them, it will help your stuff stand out. So I say definitely like brush up on the basics. What else is some good advice? Oh, voice. Discover your voice. In my in my opinion, the most valuable thing that any writer has is their own particular voice. So mm-hmm. I would say do some exercises and try to figure out like what what is the unique way that you express yourself that can be attractive to other people. And sometimes that means like writing the way you talk. <laughs> But it's definitely worth exploring. I would also say pay attention to the writing that's in the world. And when I say writing, I don't just mean books. Books are good, but there's also words all around you. Like there are words on the menus and the restaurants you go to. There are words in the mm-hmm. pastor's sermon. There are words in your favorite TV shows. Song lyrics are also words. I would say pay attention to the way um, that words are being um, configured to get emotion out of people and um, and learn from that structure, too. Good nuggets of wisdom. Thanks. So flip the script on you. If you found out tonight that you could have dinner with any two people alive oh, or from my. the history books. Oh, goodness. Who would they be? Oh, my. Okay. Wow. 
any two people? Any two people. At the same time? At the same time. So that means they have to get along with each other. See, I'm, No, not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> this, is why, this is why I don't throw parties. I just have to make sure that everybody's going to get along. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I can't have... Okay. You want them to be separate dinners? No, I mean, it can be one dinner. I just really want everybody to, to get along well. And I think these people will. I'm a big fan of, uh, of Tavis Smiley, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of uh, Chris Rock. And I, I think they're both very, very smart, very, very smart men. From childhood, I've always just been infatuated with, with their careers and their contributions. So those would be my guys, like Tavis and Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Thanks. Two good ones. Thanks. Quick question for you. Could you talk to how faith has influenced your career? Yeah. Like, faith is, is the fuel for me. So... I do believe that the work that I've been able to do, for the most part, not all of it, for the most part, has been connected to something bigger than me. So in my mind, creativity as service is when creativity is the most useful. So whether people think about it or not, I think that we use art to inspire ourselves to escape or um, to be reminded to be good to one another. And I like being a part of that process for people. That's one way that, they, like, in my mind, faith is always present. It's also like a part of my identity. So. I absolutely believe that God was very meticulous and purposeful when he created all of us. And I believe that he gave us all unique tools for unique reasons and unique missions. So I do a lot of, of praying and, and thinking and exploring about, OK, God, why did you give me these particular set of talents and put me in this particular neighborhood and connecting with these particular people? And just to to be aware that there's a master plan at work and I want to be useful. So right. um, but one of the blessings of, of what I get to do is that. I get to help people, and I believe that it is me being a, a good steward or trying to be a good steward of my talents. Right. You're an author. Yeah. Right now, right? Talk to us about, and, and you didn't highlight this much, and I, I have to say, this is the first time I've actually asked somebody about their faith on, on the podcast. Oh, okay, cool. But and, and we have great many people that have actually shared their faith on the podcast, but... I, I wanted to, to set the stage for sharing a little bit about what it is that you do and, and the fact that you've authored this book and you write copy around faith, right? You know, around your, your Christianity. Mm-hmm. Could you speak to that? I, I just found that so intriguing. That's what actually pulled me to you. And, you know, I'd love for you to, to share a little bit about that with 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 our listeners. Yeah. So um, I uh, I wrote a book called Because Jesus and uh, Because Jesus is a book of um, quirky faith based uh, affirmations with the goal of, of hopefully inspiring people. But, yeah, it, it was a very interesting process. I think uh, the first time we spoke, I told you how it came to be. And it was so far left that I just assumed God was somewhere in it. I uh, I prayed a prayer about boldness and um, I was about to have a birthday and so I prayed this prayer about boldness and I was like okay that was that and um, within a couple of days I go to work and I get called into this meeting and in the meeting um, three higher ups are on one side of the table and they said uh, we have this huge database of, uh, of writing of all the writing that's ever gone on any card for the past 104 years it's all in this electronic database right so uh, they say to me Keon we've been going through uh, this database and, and it looks like you're a Christian uh, we're looking at your writing and it seems like you're a Christian is that true Wow, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> where's this going?" Right? It didn't sound all the way legal. I'm just like, I don't know if you can ask me this. Where's this going? So, uh, um, so I, I said, "Yeah, uh, I am," and. So uh, they were like, OK, great. Well, we want to do this artist space collection and we like your voice and your approach to faith. And if you would be willing to do it, uh, we would love to um, to highlight your work 
in the stores and, and, and get this message out to some people. It was just interesting that so soon after I prayed this prayer for boldness, I was being pulled so far out of my comfort zone. So wow. uh, I'm not a shy person, but I'm great at minding my business. I am excellent at sitting at my desk, writing my words and going home. Now being presented with the opportunity to like be in the forefront of something was it was new for me. The average greeting card, it don't have nobody's face or name on the back of it. There's just anonymity that comes with what I do in everyday life. Like it may be emotionally vulnerable work, but it's not attached to me. And honestly, there's there's a freedom, there's a safety in that. But with this collection, it's just like, okay, well, this would be me, not just an anonymous car writer, but me, Keon Jackson, um, sharing my faith. And I trusted God and um, he's just been blessing it ever since. So it, it's been a very interesting journey in that I like I, I'm like I'm meeting people and I'm getting to connect with people on this deep soul level in like the first conversation that I'm having with them. And I'm like, God, it's just it's just so cool that I didn't even know that this was something that I would want to be doing. And he blessed okay. me with it. So, um. Yeah. So what's the book? What's the book about? What does the book? Um, is it a, like a reference type piece? It, it, it's, it's a collection of quotes. Uh, some funny, some heartfelt, all quirky, but they um, they just talk about the truths of um, of God's love. I mean, when I was uh, writing it, I mean, it's this huge opportunity, right? So um, I prayed. I'm like, God, what what do you want <laughs> this to be? Because I'm not trying to like jack it up and like get in the way. My prayer was that like I would shrink and that he would do whatever he felt the need to do. And I just felt like he kept saying like love and forgiveness, love and forgiveness. And when I stepped back and thought about the cultural landscape, in my personal opinion, like two things that we don't talk enough about when it comes to faith is, is love and forgiveness. So I wrote to those insights and got to some writing that I feel like has the potential to hopefully free a lot of people of guilt and shame and this, this desire to be perfect. I mean, if we could ever be perfect, there would be no reason for it, Jesus. Like, there would be no use. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it's, understood, That's right. it's understood that uh, we will all, like, fall short. There's some there's some freedom and relinquishment in acknowledging that we're already forgiven. It's it's a book about love and forgiveness by way of Jesus. Probably the best way I can put it. I'd ordered a copy Yay. and it came into a store here yesterday. Ooh. I just haven't had a chance to pick it up. And no, I can't wait. I, I'm like looking at the clock like man. <laughs> It probably closed already. <laughs> well, I hope you like it. Uh, I, don't feel pressured to like that. it. It's okay if you No, no, no. <laughs> I totally am I'm ready to pick it yeah. up and check it out. Cool. Very cool. Share it with some friends. We'd like to, to have you share some resources with our listeners to help them sharpen their mind, look to resources maybe they didn't explore before. Okay. Right? So could you share with us maybe a book that you've read in the past year that's inspired you? Oh, uh the most recent book that I read that just completely rocked me is a book called uh, When Breath Becomes Air by, I think, Paul Kalanithi. I could be mispronouncing the last name, but it's a memoir by um, a surgeon who is diagnosed with lung cancer. So he, he's trained to be a doctor and now all of a sudden he's a patient. So the book is written, it's a memoir, so it's from his perspective, but it's very beautifully written. And it's this man facing his mortality as far as he knows and uh, just really, it's got some great insights about life and what matters and how we see ourselves. So I highly recommend it. I don't want to give anything away, but it's beautifully written. Um, it's amazing because this guy, like this surgeon, of course he can write all of this this medical stuff and all these these like, very these very um, intricate descriptions of what it's like to be um, in the ER. But then he adds a layer of poetry on top of it, and it's this very interesting mix of uh, of writing, and it's just beautifully done. So. Yeah. Mm. 
It's good. It's good. What is something small you've done this month that you're proud of? Um, I thought about exercising, and <laughs> that's a big step for me. <laughs> you you thought about I it? I thought about. Here's the thing: it's awful and it's horrible. Um, and I've been. I mean, in the past, I've been very intentional about not doing it. But um, thirty is coming, and I can't live the way I used to live, Stephen. So. I'm <laughs> I'm making some changes. I don't know what those changes are about to be. I don't know what they're going to look like, but uh, it might be exercise. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm considering it. <laughs> can, a, can a budding trailblazer have too many goals? Yes, I think so. Well, maybe not. Here, here's here's the test, and I'm I'm and I'm working through this myself. I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> I do not have it all figured out. But None of us do. The um, I mean, there's a Bible verse, and uh, I was, I've I've had several different conversations with different pastors about this verse. Someone that says like God grants us the, the desires of our heart, right? And Man. in the past, I used to hear it as. Well, whatever I want, I just ask for it, and then God gives it to me because he's my genie. <laughs> but now I'm starting, starting to like look at it differently, and several pastors have broken down, like, well, God um, often will place dreams and ambitions in our hearts. So if he has put a particular goal inside of us for, for whatever purpose that he sees fit, then um, no matter how many goals they might be, then um, he's also given us what we need to get it done. So um, right. maybe it's not about the amount of goals, but maybe it's about what those goals are, are connected to and who they're for and, and how they serve like the greater good. A very dis- different perspective. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Could you name an online resource, maybe an app, a software or tool that you use every day that you can't live without? Uh, what do I use? Oh, I use a lot of um, rhymezone.com. Wow. It's great for writing in verse. I mean, I mean, of course, play day. But I mean, <laughs> there's certain rhymes that automatically come to mind. But right. uh, you, you, you're going to need more than that. So, so that's, that's rhymezone.com? Rhyme, yeah, like rhymezone. Okay, cool. Uh, also, uh, thesaurus.com. Right. I use that one a lot. Yeah. And it's also good to know what's happening in popular culture and in the news. So, I mean, I mean, and people can find I'm sure we all have our our favorite sites for that. But when writing, it's just it's good to kind of have a finger on 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 the pulse of the people. Like, what are people going through? Um, What cultural shifts are happening that could maybe inform some ideas? So just pay attention to the world around you. Right. Keon, why is volunteering important to you and, and giving back of your time and talent? Well, I mean, well, there's a bunch of reasons. I do a fair amount of visiting to um, classrooms and like sharing. I read some, some children's books, too. Sharing with kids yeah. and wow. talking to them about writing. And uh, when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to be a writer, but I did not have access to a, a, a black man writer. So I, I think it's natural for all of us, no matter like race, gender, like no matter what, to like look for a shape that we can grow into. Right. I think it gives us some hope. So, uh, but I didn't have that in an accessible way. And granted, like I come from a community where people were very helpful. So I got advice. It was generic advice, but it was helpful. So um, keep yeah. God first. Work hard. Do your best. All amazing things. But I, uh, I have the opportunity to give a more specific rubber meets road advice to, to kids who maybe have an interest in writing. So that's important to me. And also, like it just keeps me like connected to people. I really like the idea of us all being connected. And I, I, I believe we take turns needing each other. So mm-hmm. um, it's my responsibility to give back when I can. Because, I mean, at some point, I'm going to be cashing in on <laughs> <laughs> I will be cashing in on, on that compassion. <laughs> Everybody got their day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Kian, before <laughs> before we wrap up today, would you would is there anything you'd like to to maybe impart as far as like maybe an inspiring message that can just help elevate our game today and and help us gain courage really to to blaze a new trail, right? Yeah, I, I just want to remind everybody that they are on purpose. Um, I, I don't believe that it's a happenstance that they happen to be who they are, where they are, or um, good at what they're good at. I believe God is very intentional. So um, I would just uh, encourage people to pray and pay attention to themselves and see what natural gifts arise. I think that right now there's a lot of pressure to be everything. And oh, you can be whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. I don't think that's necessarily true, but I do think there's a unique and very specific future just for you. So um, just figure out uh, who you are and uh and what you are for and who you can help and and i think we'll be all right awesome thank you so much for coming on the podcast today man you've been hilariously funny i mean <laughs> you've thank you for having me laughing but but at the same point in time you've you've shared some good wisdom today i'm sure there as you just mentioned a moment ago there is a young man who maybe has a, a desire in his heart to to pursue writing and i'm sure they'll be looking to to your message today as a lead on what what's possible so thank you very much for sharing that message well, thank you for having me this was a lot of fun it's my first skype experience and i, I feel very confident right now <laughs> before we let you go did you want to share uh, uh you know maybe your twitter handle so oh, people yeah. can kind of connect to you my uh oh my twitter handle is um at keon k-e-i-o-n l jackson so that's once again at keon l jackson and where can someone get Because Jesus? Oh, Because Jesus is uh, available on Hallmark.com, and I believe it's on Amazon, too. So it's Amazon.com and Hallmark.com, and, and the book is called Because of Jesus by Keon Jackson. Awesome. We're going to go ahead and put all of those resources that Keon mentioned, as well as the, the links for the book um, and his Twitter profile on our show notes page at tvpod.com. So go ahead and check that out. Thank you so much once again, Keon, and we'll, we'll keep in contact with you. Yes, sir, dude. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. We'll be posting links to Kian's book, Because Jesus, his hallmark line, along with links to his recommendations for his inspiring book, resources, apps, and his Twitter handle that you can find right now on our show notes page at tvpod.com slash episode 19. Thank you for continuing to get the word out and sharing and retweeting and subscribing to our weekly newsletter and sharing these amazing stories with your friends and colleagues. Please do me a favor. Please continue to invite others. Invite someone today to listen to an episode you think that might impact them most. I do believe, firmly believe, that someone listening to one of these inspiring stories will be moved to make a change that impacts the world for many others in the process. Listen, don't miss next week's episode. I did my first live face-to-face interview with an amazing woman, Kelly Taylor Leonard of the Taylor Leonard Corporation, who's doing amazing things as a business owner here in Maryland. You absolutely don't want to miss her transparency, her wisdom, her knowledge. Um, Some terrific golden nuggets are awaiting you next week in episode 20. Can't wait to share those with you. So I want you to, to be encouraged. I want you to jump off this podcast right now. Go out and find a way today to rise above, go way beyond and keep blazing your trail. Have an amazing day.